when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. That broadcast school has really paid off. At Still Smooth Productions. <laughs> oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and Chipotle. At St. Bales. podcast the red light is on the red light means stop thinking get a little senseless with us it is 4 2021 that is april 2nd of the year 2021 uh it is episode 151 i'm at walsh disney happiest host on earth say it with a smile i got a pretty dope sense of humor brah <laughs> Still smooth. He's back. Back from the desert, baby. Um, one. I hope. I hope you recognize the 151, and you you put in the 151 drop somewhere. The 151 rum. 151 rum. Pineapple juice and Malibu caribou. Get them all now. That brings us back to prom. I forgot about that. I was like. I don't even know what that is. Oh, yeah. And I think we were talking about that, uh... Ah, we can save it for random thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, let's save it for random thoughts. Let's say, yeah, yeah, okay. I got two to save for random thoughts now. Okay, okay. Okay, um... So, yeah, you're here. You're back. Arizona. Uh, we'll talk Arizona. about that for random thoughts. I'm here. Uh, my name is at Still Smooth. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I've been gone for dose weeks. And the pod has still gone on. Thank you, Walsh Disney, for taking care of that and keeping this flagship program afloat. However, when I'm here... My job, my sole job, is to do on this date. And because I have slacked the past two weeks, I've brought you two, not one, but two, on this date. Dose. 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 Uh, the first one, um, April 2nd, 1931. Listen to this. A 17-year-old girl by the name of Jackie Mitchell strikes out New York Yankees stars Babe Ruth. And Lou Gehrig in an expedition baseball game at Angel Stadium in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
I'm not I'm not sure what this game was entailing, how she was on the mound or whatnot, but that's pretty amazing. A 17-year-old girl, Jackie Mitchell, striking out both Hall of Famers, legends, MLB legends, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in some expedition game. Uh, that is fantastic. I'm going to go with some sort of make-a-wish here. <laughs> I don't want to throw an asterisk on this thing, but like, what are we doing? Sure, yeah, sure, sure. Hey, still did it. Still did it. Even, you know, even so. Still did it. She ends up on a podcast, what? 30, oh God, 30, that's nine, no. A lot of years later. 7, 70, 80, 90, 90 years. Hey, 90 years years ago to this day. She's probably not kicking anymore. I mean, I would put her at, what, 107, so yeah. 107? Probably not still kicking, but hey, probably striking out dudes up up top, you know what I'm saying? So two things, daps to Jackie Mitchell and probably, most likely, rest in peace to Jackie Mitchell. Yeah. On to my second one. Uh, On this date, April 2nd, 2001, 20 years ago today, Seattle Outfielder Ichiro Suzuki compiles two hits and becomes the first Japanese position player to play in a regular season MLB game as the Mariners beat the Oakland A's 5-4 at Safeco Field. One, it's always going to be Safeco Field. Do not like T-Mobile Park. And two, I wish... We were back in 2001 and, and just were able to appreciate that Mariners team for what it was. Because that was the that was the record-setting win team, correct? Was that the one – how many wins did they have? Was that 106 or one – how many wins did they compile? 106? 115, 115 is what I was thinking. But then you 115? Said, and then you said 106 and it kind of sounded I don't. right. But I think – I thought it was 115. Um, I'm gonna look it up while you while you react to this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that would be really cool is just to go back and like have the perspective because I feel like Ichiro, like I, I feel like we didn't really understand what was happening, like how big he was. Yeah, uh, especially you know being young Mariners fans, it's just it was like happening, like he was just like another player, but for everyone else and people who probably understood it better. It was this, like, cultural phenomenon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know. I know that's how he, you know, is and was um, in Japan and everything. So it, it would be kind of cool just to understand the context a little bit better if we went back. Pretty sweet. Yeah. No, I, I like it. Um, took the league by storm. Took the league by storm. and really kind of, like, opened – I'm going to say, yeah, open the floodgates to international, especially Japanese baseball, you know. Now we have these um, these uh, international players making the game better. Yeah. Um, so back in 2001, you were closer than I. Let's merge my guess of 106 and your guess of 115 together. It was 116. Their record was 116 and 46 for a win percentage of .716. That year, they tied the major league record for wins set by um, the 1906 Chicago Cubs. 
Um, so yeah, pretty, wow. pretty freaking cool. Yeah. And then what they lost in the first, what they lost pretty early, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they did. Well, happens, and happens that was, what, to the, the best last of us. time they were in the freaking playoffs. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, get, get, okay. get us off. Yeah. Uh, let's do random thoughts. Random thoughts. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do. Flip out, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. I'm in a brainstorm session. I think I just, yeah, I just had an idea. Isn't that weird? Okay, uh, so as we said, before I forget the two things rolling into this, let's talk about some vacation. How was it? What'd you do? Good vacation time? was good. Vacation was good. Um, golfed a little bit. You went to Arizona. Yes. You saw a boy. Yeah. Drank quite a bit. Um, saw saw our third um, co-host at St. Bales. He's doing well. Um, he's on puppy watch. I think he's about to get a puppy pretty soon. So God bless him and all that entails. Um, but it was fun, man. Um you know, we, it's funny, you know, our shirts up in the Northwest start coming off, you know, around 70, 75 degrees. Um, but just getting out in the sun for real weather around like 85, 90 degrees, it's totally different. Um, I was putting on like SPF, like 70, I'm quite white and, uh, I still got, I still got some sun, but protecting the skin and I felt good. I felt good. Um, didn't yeah, it was to, it was a good time. Didn't want to I, just go I, base burn. No, that was uh, so. Quick side note: my brother was in a different state down south in Texas. Decided to go no sunscreen for some reason, and we golfed with him actually yeah. on Wednesday uh, at Wash Disney, and he is currently peeling. And I'm so glad I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I did not go forgo yeah. sunscreen. <laughs> well, so, you know, decisions have been made. Because I feel like, I don't know if that's how you were when we were younger, but definitely, like, high school, maybe early college, I was not a fan of sunscreen. Like, you know, I was like the base tan, you know, or like the base burn and then, like, get the tan. No, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to burn and get all the flaky and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to be itchy and stuff. So, no, I'm all good. Not a sunscreen family our family no at no. All, like at all and we used to contribute it to the fact that we thought that we were part native american we're not so we just we're just those people that were like no 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 thanks to sunscreen but playing it risky i don't know i don't know if this is necessarily appropriate it's not bad but i don't know what you are but you're you are a dark you are a dark family like you yeah. dark you tan very fast especially your mom your yeah. mom and and you got those jeans and you you tan very easily she's ridiculous there is a, a, a part of the family that doesn't all that well and does burn mostly um, but yes I got lucky there she's ridiculous in that regard so yeah it wasn't like a baseless uh, you know no sunscreen but. <laughs> It, it, you know, that's, that's how we do it. 
Yeah. Live Friday? No, I, I, feel, I feel that. Um, I have one random thought. I know you have two. Um, but going on the, uh, the spirit of vacation, so I don't know if the last time you've flown, but so now they don't, or at least, so I, I uh, what was I, Southwest? I flew Southwest no, there and back. Um, I upgraded from Spirit. I was a Spirit guy for a while. Definitely no not. more. No ads for Spirit. Uh, um, You're an adult spe- now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll splurge for the Southwest. <laughs> it's the official adult move. <laughs> um, but so you don't have you don't have seats. You don't have assigned seats. You basically have boarding groups and it's A, B, and C and then a one through sixty, B one through sixty, C one through sixty, um, and then basically it goes by however quickly you check in the day before gives you your boarding priority, like A group, B group, C group, and then basically you line up in order, uh, and you just get a free for all pick wherever you sit. So it's pretty cool. My question to you is. What is your most desired seat on the airplane? So on the way down, I was flying in the C group, um, and I made sure that I went all the way to the – like everyone was like already kind of situated um, in their own seats. So I knew I did not want to sit in the middle or the aisle. I do not want to do that. So I went to the very back. I was the second to the last row, but that was because – I wanted, I valued the window seat more than getting off the plane early. And same thing on the way back to Portland. I fortunately was in the B group, so a little bit faster. So I didn't have to go all the way to the back of the plane, but I still went window first, sort of farther back, farther back than I needed to. Um, but I still value the window seat more than getting off the plane soon. Cause there's, you know, those people like that just get up off the plane real quick, like stand up and like, just feel the need to like get their bags and like run off the plane. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I just don't understand the hurry of getting off the plane. So my question to you at, at Walsh Disney is what, what seat is your ideal seat? I'm guessing it's not the middle. Are you a aisle guy? Are you a window guy? Give me your preferences. I'm more Almost, a, and I and I want you to explain left or right side. You know, are you a right side sleeper or are you a left side sleeper? I'm more of a window guy. Um, and I, it's not like I've been a lot of plane rides. You know this. You were there for the first one, didn't go. <laughs> um, aisle or window, obviously not a middle. More of a window guy. Um, left side because I go. I lean left. I like to lean mm-hmm. left, but I can do right if I've got to. Um, but for me, I always think of it as I either want to be one of the first ones to get off the plane or one of the last ones to get off the plane. Yes. I don't want to okay. be in the middle ground where it's like I'm waiting an uncomfortable amount and then I got to hurry up because everybody's behind me waiting. I'm either mm-hmm. sitting down and I'm waiting my turn and it's going to be a while and I'm fine with it or I'm off early. Gotcha. That's my thing. So I'm fine if I'm like going to the back of the plane, and I know, I'll be the last. I'll be the last row. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Last row window. 
done it before. Totally fine with it. Yeah. Great experience. That's that's my personal opinion. I feel that. I, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I just came up with while we were talking, like just like naturally made me think of, is when you said the 151 rum drop. <laughs> and we had talked about how like we just have forgotten things. Like some things stick, you know, from like your old memories, how some things stick. And I was also talking about Tabeo's about this. It's like each, all three of us have a lot of like experiences that we've done together. But all three of us, some like have forgot, completely forgotten some of them while the others like remember them very well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, we each have one because like you and Bales will bring up stuff that I'm like, I literally have no memory of that happening. And you yeah. remember them perfectly. And then I'm sure there's things that we, that Bales and I remember that you don't remember and same for him. So it's like, when you said 151 rum, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Oh, okay, gotcha. And I'm sure once I go and like go to put this in, I'll remember. But it, like yeah. right now, I have no idea what you're talking about. Gotcha. And you remember that, and it's going to be very fun to remember that. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like when you put on clothes you haven't worn in a while. You check the pocket, and there's a five dollar bill in there. But with hey, uh, with our memories, yes, that's what's happening. Exactly. No, I love it. I love it. You know, and that, and that, and that's the best part of having just like a group of friends. You know, like the buddies. You know, we are so fortunate to have a group of like you, me, Bales. You know, and we have a great group of friends. You know, but just a tight group like you, me, Bales. Like we're we're brothers. You know, yeah. we're brothers, and it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Okay. And then my my last. I'll just go one more and say, because I, I thought of this today and I was actually pretty proud of myself. Would you rather, this is for the rest of your life, like magically this is happening to you. Would you rather walk on for the rest of your life and you're barefoot on both of these, sand or water? So, like, you could be walking in your house, but it is magically sand right underneath you or water right underneath you at all times. Do you, does that make sense? So, let me ask a glorifying, clarifying question because, I yeah. So, is the water – okay. So, my only question with sand is that can get extremely tiring. Like, if you've ever walked on a beach, everybody has. You have. You Yeah. Your family goes to the beach quite a bit, you know. Um, it's tiring just because the sand moves so much, you know, and it's not solid beneath you. Yeah. You're getting a full calf workout, you know. You're 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 using oh, yeah. the muscles. Um, my question to you is: in your water scenario, is it like a? Is there a solid surface, an inch, two inch, three inches, however much you want to put under there? underneath the water or what what are we what are we how are we so how are we clarifying so the sand is think that middle ground you've got the hard sand that the water is going over you've got the super soft stuff and then there's Uh, always that middle ground where the water sometimes hits it but not all the time that's the sand you're walking on for the rest Uh, of your life 
or the water scenario, this is what was in my head when I wrote it, is kind of that almost into the, you could say the ocean or almost into that, into the river where, uh, it's, you know, it's what, what is this? Like three, four inches of water. Yeah. And it's flowing, you know, it's flowing water, like a river is what I was thinking. Or there's the sand that can move. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you get the wind going some days. I gotcha. Um, because I'm on the more leisure loving side, I'm going to go sand because that sounds like both of those sound treacherous. Yeah. If you had to do that. And I sound like a lazy POS, you know, saying treacherous, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm picturing what my ideal conditions, I'm going to say 70, 75, sunny. I'm going to give me the sand because the water, I don't want to have my feet be cold and I don't want to have other, there are other complications too. With like with water, your feet would never get to the point. We got to draw a line somewhere. Your feet would never get to the point of being useless or fall off or anything. It would never get yeah. that cold. But with the sand, they would get extremely dry. That's Think true. How dry your feet would get. Think of when you get those that whipping wind. How it moves that's that true. sand. Now that's tearing the skin off your feet. But on the water side, you ever heard a trench foot? No good. No I'm not heard of trench foot. I almost don't. I don't want moldy feet. I don't even know what trench foot is, but you I can only just imagine. It on the head. You basically just nailed it. It happened to a lot of guys in like World War One, especially. I was gonna say probably World War One, World yeah. War Two. Yeah, yeah, no, don't want that. Uh, give me that. the sand. Give me the sand. I would think Pass I might have to water. go water because. Tell me why. Tell because me why. the sand would dry your feet out so bad, and you're like, I don't have the. You know, I got. I get dry skin. They mm. end up cracking. You would end up like your feet would, your skin would crack and it'd be all terrible and be awful. It happened sure. to the captain one time. It's happened to me. It's happened to the captain. It's the worst. I've, uh, I haven't experienced dry skin before, but I know that that, I've heard stories that I can be extremely itchy and yeah. uncomfortable and like, yeah. obviously, like dry skin just is not good. Not so, good. And also, if you're in water, your feet would never smell bad. It's flowing water that's, right over you. You'd be like, that's you'd be true. very, very, and you'd never, you'd never like die of thirst. You'd be, you'd be pruny as shit though. Oh yeah, wildly <laughs> pruny. Yeah. All right. Okay, there we go. That's a good one. That's a good. One. I like that. A lot of I good like random that. thoughts today. Now let's move on to trivia. 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 <laughs> trivia, baby. Oh. <laughs> Jeopardy. Gonna make that your final answer? I think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Trivia! Last week's trivia question went like this. What is the record for the most NBA teams played for in a career? One more time. What is the record for the most NBA teams played for in a career? Speaking about an individual NBA player. Answer in three, two, one. 12, 12 teams, 12 teams was accomplished by Jim Jackson and Joe Smith, Chucky Brown and Tony Massenburg. Yep. Four-way tie. Uh, four-way tie. That is, 
one, four great names, Jim Jackson, Joe Smith, Chucky Brown, and Tony Massenburg. And then a runner-up, Kevin Ollie, 11 teams, but played for Oklahoma City and Seattle, uh, the Magic twice, and the 76ers thrice. That means three times. Thrice means three times. So, again, 12 was the correct answer for Jim Jackson, Joe Smith, Chucky Brown, (laughs) and Tony Massenburg, and Kevin Ollie coming in with a mere 11 teams uh, playing for OKC, uh, Seattle, and the Magic, uh, as well as the 76ers. So, that is crazy. Um, my my gut instinct when I read this is they were <laughs> they were talented enough to be in the association, and they were cheap enough. Okay, this is the stipulation: they were cheap enough, but good enough to stay in the association, but really didn't have the talent to stay on one team. It's a bunch of Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Like, that's what we're looking at. Here. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. That's what we're looking very, at here. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> very much. Well put. Yeah. This week's question is, which pitcher has the most opening day starts all time? The most career opening day starts by a pitcher is whom? Who? Who? Who cares? Find out on 152. <laughs> Let's hit the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Uh, uh, what are we doing here? The news! Three, two, one, the news! Um, okay, so this is kind of a weird time in the news, obviously, you know, we got some stuff happening, but a lot of this is you've heard, uh, making mountains out of molehills. That's what a lot of our stuff is, but this week, for whatever reason, I feel like we got real mountains. We're looking at a whole range, a bunch of Everests, K-9... Uh, Montu Pichu. Do you know any mountains? I don't even know if the last one I just said is a mountain. Mount Hood. Mount Rainier. You, okay, you went pretty small time there, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Those, honestly, those are the two mountains that I know. <laughs> We're not a bunch of mountaineers. There's one in Australia, I think. Who cares? Probably. Okay, uh, in the NFL, um... Here's some interesting... 17-game uh, season. Let's start with that. 17-game season has been announced. Um, cool, I guess. I would I would have liked to see, to, for them to give them two bye weeks if they did this, but they did not. Um, it's okay, but whatever. I, I'm sure they will soon, at some point. I think there will be two bye weeks. I think once... I think you're correct in where it comes back to once players and teams start to adjust to this 17-game season, um, there will be a second bye week. Again, the 17-game season, how it was laid out, it was proposed 
um, in order to rectify and keep players uh, more healthy, if that's a, a phrase I can use, um, during the season. What the NFL had speculated, what not speculated, but found was that most of the injuries happened during the preseason. Uh, so they cut the preseason by one game, added one regular season game. Um, but the problem with this is that you, it's not black and white. You know, you can't just say where where most of, where the highest percentage of injuries happen in the preseason. That doesn't translate like it's, it. It doesn't translate across the entire season. It's it happens because there people are warming up from non-contact to regular contact uh, sport, you know, yeah. and you're good. You're, you're going to get hurt. Um, and the thing is, it's also like the people that are getting injured in the, in the preseason, correct me if I'm wrong, um, are a lot of the guys that aren't going to be playing major minutes during the regular season. Not a lot of your starters are going to be playing major minutes in the preseason. So yeah. again, Obviously, there was this was a part of the collective bargaining agreement, but um, so you know both sides had to agree upon this. But it just like it's it seems slanted towards ownership and just kind of selling more tickets. I don't think this is a it. I don't think this is a big positive for players in general. It's another game, like I, yeah, owners are gonna gonna want more games. That's more revenue. Yeah. Yeah, that, that increases the revenue for players as well. The revenue split. Um, mm. and if they do this, there is a stipulation where they can go. They can get another half percentage. Uh, the players can for for their revenue. Um, so that'll probably end up happening for them. So it's more revenue. Um, I think they are getting a smaller bo- a small bonus kind of thing. They do lose a preseason game, and it's like. A lot of players are saying, well, what about the injury thing? Well, how is yeah. one more game different than any of the other ones? It's not That's like true. it's not like one game exponentially increases the, the risk of the whole through the whole season. There's one in every game, so Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like there for me it's just like, yeah, this happened. <laughs> yeah. We'll it, de- we'll deal with it. Everyone will. It, it's true. I mean I and I'm I just wanted to throw out those points. Um, my question to you at Wash Disney is: Does this uh, ruffle your feathers in the sense of that it can distort uh, historical records, or going forward, you know, say, you know, Justin Fields or Justin Herbert or whoever the next, you know? quarterbacks from now on wide receivers from now on the record books are going to be based on a 17 game season rather than 16 does that does that make you upset at all or is it does it is it a quick fix um as um or can you rectify that by just like putting like an asterisk saying, you know, hey, 17 game season versus 16 game season like you know yeah. like I think we do that now. I, okay. You know, now, I think even at this point, like when we're still talking about records, if we talk about, so the Ravens, 
uh, set the rushing record or whatever last season or, or the season before that. And we didn't mention that they were beating guys who played 14 game seasons because that's who they beat. It, that's true. It's direct, the previous record was a 14 game season record. And we don't really bring that up now or, and we don't really, um, or, or if we do, it's in passing. So I think it's more of like a, yeah, this is going to happen and, and we'll get used to it and we yeah. won't, we'll understand. I think everybody will kind of understand that's like, yes, we get, here's the marker and we'll keep going. Um, gotcha. And we won't forget that, but it won't like, it won't, um, what do you say, diminish Okay. the ones coming. That's what I like it. Uh, Bruce Arians got a Super Bowl tattoo. Uh, I only put this on here because it's like, when are these going to die? You know? Can it be now? Can it please be now? I, so, okay, I'm going to... I want this gone. Keep... It's so stupid. It's just a Super Bowl L-I-V or whatever tattoo. Like, it's... It's generic. It, I think it's like the logo of the last Super Bowl, uh, with the with the score on it. It's like uh, okay. It's not that bad. I'm looking at it right now, and it actually looks like a pretty good tattoo. It's, My question it's, is, where it's where, well where done. is it? It's stupid. Where where is it? I have no idea. Uh, I where? didn't even <laughs> I didn't even look into it that much because I was like, come on, man. Like, can we be done with these? Can we be yeah. done with the predictive tattoos? And the, you know, who cares? Like, you got a Super Bowl tattoo. No one gives a shit. Like, yeah. congrats, I you're, think, congrats, you're a doofus. I think, I think it's kind of funny as an, as older Bruce Arians. I would think it's a douche tattoo uh, if, if Sean McVay got a tattoo. But yeah. Bruce Arians, however old he is, this is the, this is the pinnacle. Uh, that was the pinnacle of his career. You know, I don't know if he's going to win anymore, but it's pretty funny that he's just an older dude, been coaching for a while, you know, said he would get a tattoo if he won the Super Bowl, and he held his word, (laughs) you know. But, yeah, to your point, like, who really cares? Old dudes, if you get it, fine. Anybody below, like, 60? Not, yeah. not fine. No, exactly. Not, not, not good. Not good. Uh, story for Bales. The Chargers owner, Dean Spanos, uh, he might be forced to sell the Chargers. Um, he is, a, a, apparently, there's a trust that runs with his family, and he has just been borrowing more and more money to try and get this team uh, to work, I don't. I don't even really know why, because they're terrible all the time. Um, but he has borrowed in, in amassed a debt of over three hundred and fifty million dollars. So his sister <laughs> has gone to the courts and said, and asked for them to force him to sell the team because he is ruining the trust and basically taking all the family money. Like, down. He is ruining the family's wealth with this. And since he's, like, majority owner, he's basically forcing everyone else to borrow money as well. What a savage. What a... What an idiot. What a POS. What a POS. 
But, like, this just makes sense. Like, again, I think ownership a lot of the time, again, I'm not an owner. I'm not an NFL owner. I don't own anything besides – I don't even own my car. I'm still paying off my car. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but uh, um, I think it's a pride thing where you just don't want to give up that ownership of an NFL team. But you're in debt. The Spanos family is in debt. $350 million. You can easily get out of this. The, the Chargers are going to sell for one, two billion dollars. You know, they were like, valued at like two point two and a half. Two and a half billion dollars. Yeah. So that'll that'll clear debts. That'll spread money up amongst the Spanos family. I think there's three or three or four kids. I don't know. Um, and I know the ownership stake in the Chargers family. Is split out amongst the three or four kids or something like that. I fr- I was reading a story. I, I don't really remember, yeah. but um, well, from re- but what that- I read, the the majority owner Dean Spanos, or like the face of it or whatever, he I guess like his all of his um, basically money is comes from the Chargers. Like he doesn't do much <laughs> else, and I don't know about the rest of them. But the story at least made it sound like. The other ones have income from other places and, like, do stuff. Uh, but his okay. thing is this. So he would, Got like, it. basically be left with nothing uh, if they sold. But, one, he's, like, it, it It definitely explains why he wasn't helping the Rams at all and why he's renting out uh. their their arena, or their uh, stadium pretty much and why he backed out on pay, helping pay. Like, And he's known as a cheapskate. They're known that they're not going to pay coaches. They won't really. They don't have the best facilities unless they rent like they are now. So it's this all makes sense. And uh, who has been thrown out there as buying the team is Bezos. Oh gosh. Yeah. Let's go. I guess he really <laughs> wants to get into the NFL. Oh shit. So Let's he do was. It. I'm all for it. He was rumored as the guy who was going to take over. The Washington football team that if they forced uh, they forced Snyder to sell that he would buy it. So now we get this. Here we come. Way better. Here we Way come. better. And uh, and hopefully he brings them back to San Diego. That would be the best. Take them back to home and uh, revitalize that franchise. That would be pretty sick. But yeah, this guy's a pos. Sounds like a piece of garbage. Okay. Let's go to the NBA. The Jazz had a scary flight. Uh, pretty pretty soon after takeoff, they hit a bunch of birds. And then they had to, I guess they were having a lot of engine trouble. Um, I One of the Jazz players was basically saying, like, he, it was a long time of just, like, thinking you're going to die. Um, and not being able to do anything about it. A little overdramatic. Like, planes hit birds, that happens. Uh, so they landed, everything was fine. But my, so we, I know we talked a lot about flights, and my thing was putting this in was going to be like, well, what's the worst flight you've ever been on? I'll tell you mm-hmm. mine, and we kind of talked about it. I haven't been on a lot of flights. I didn't go on a flight until I was 23 is when we went to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, and you bastards made me sit, forced me to sit out in the window. First flight yeah. ever. Uh, and also have a preview, like, don't love heights all that much, 
forced me to sit at the window. I tried to just sit at the window, not look out the window for the flight because I wanted to get used to it first. Nope. You both hit me and are like, no, you have to look at the window as we take off. So I took off and then that's the only thing I heard about it. Didn't feel great. It was like, okay, there it is. We're good. I'm just going to focus on this and I'm, I'll be fine. Come to find out later that you guys didn't even, you guys didn't even tell me this, that I turned like paper white. You were white. Yeah. You were yeah. pale. Yeah. I, I did not know that. I didn't find, this was like years later you guys told me about this. That I handled it terribly. I thought I was. You were like, holding. Okay, you were holding the, the the rests. Yeah, gripping the rests. Oh, hey, yeah. but I, I can't knock you, dude. I like I I, I totally get that. I, I totally was not ready that. for it. I've um, I've since gotten better, but it's, it's always like uh, okay. Flights flight, are scary scary things. Um, I don't have a story about. I haven't had any bad flights myself, but uh. But knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, my, <laughs> my brother coming back from, uh, Austin over this past spring break, um, he was in Austin, I think flying whatever airline, uh, they pull away from the gate, um, and they're on the tarmac for about 45 minutes, um, and it's hot, like, it's hot, Austin, Texas, springtime, it's hot, um, they say that, Hey, there's maintenance, uh, issues with the plane, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a while. It's another 45 minutes before they are forced to go back to the terminal and let people off only because one guy had a seizure on the plane because it was so hot. Another person passed out and a little girl became, became, uh, like, or started to vomit all over the place. And my brother said it was the worst experience ever. It was an hour and a half in a hot plane that was just sitting on a tarmac. A dude had a seizure. One person passed out, and a little little girl began, or like began to Got vomit sick. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unreal. Dude. Unreal. Airlines are such a disaster. Like in so what bad. other profession do you let that shit happen and it's just like, <laughs> hey, Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Whoops. <laughs> Who yeah. knew that could happen if you make people sit in the heat for way too long? So bad. Only dude. everyone, you idiots. So bad. So I'm not going to complain about any other things because that sounds like the worst possible scenario. <laughs> dude, people are so dumb. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, MLB happened. Opening day was yesterday for most teams, uh, and it was a good one. You know, there was some good baseball. There was some bad baseball. There was some terrible pitching. Bumgarner is done. Um, the Yankees suck. Just kidding. They're actually pretty good. But Dodgers you know, lost. Dodgers. I think I'm in on the Dodgers. I'm okay. I'm, I like that. Um, there was a lot of bad defense going on with with the uh, the Dodgers. Kershaw actually pitched okay. Um, we, I do not agree with Bellinger losing his home run because because the um, umps didn't see the home run soon enough. <laughs> like It seemed like he got penalized for them not being good enough. Uh, not okay. And you should be able to fix that with replay. Shouldn't have lost either of those runs, in my opinion. I think they should fix that somehow. Um, 
But yeah, weird day, good day, and now baseball becomes irrelevant again. Although, they are trying to fix their sport. They are trying to get the sport back to where people like me, who used to love it, can love it again. Cannot wait. Now, Francisco Lindor of the Mets got paid a whole bunch of money. 10-year, $341 million contract. What is that, Third dude? largest in, in uh. history. The biggest ever for a shortstop. Um, yikes. Like, dude. This kind of money just does not happen anywhere else. 10 years, $341 million contracts in, in the MLB are guaranteed. That just makes me sick. Dude, seeing $341 million guaranteed is just insane, yeah, yeah. bro. That's a good day. And uh, George, I, just like, it's so much different because George Kittle just had like uh, a bonus or some sort of roster incentive type of thing go final a couple days ago. And so basically it guaranteed him uh, like $11.3 or $10.3 million dollars. And everyone was like, that's a really good morning. And Schefter was tweeting about it and all this stuff. And then, bang! <laughs> Lindor has $341 million. A little bit different than the money we're talking about. Pretty wild. Uh, let's go to college. Uh, the Final Four is coming up this weekend. Uh, I have... I am one for four. One for four for the Final Four. I'm one for four as well. Yeah. I only have Gonzaga. Yep, me too. That's what most people have, I think. <laughs> um, so to save my bracket, uh, go Gonzaga. Um, go Gonzaga. Yeah, that, those would be some good games. Uh, we've got Gonzaga-UCLA, and yep. then USC, and you're going to have to help Baylor. me out. Baylor. Baylor, Baylor. Um, is it USC-Baylor? No, UC. No. No, uh, right? UCLA, UC, U, it's uh, UCLA, Gonzaga, Houston, Baylor. Houston, Houston Baylor. Houston, Baylor is actually going to be a fun game. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that will be a fun game. I, I, I got all mixed up looking at my bracket today, being like, oh, that was wrong, and that was wrong, and that was wrong. Red, 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 red. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Um so yeah, that'll that'll be awesome. That's coming this weekend. Um, can't wait to talk about those games next week. Um, other other stories. Roy Williams retired. Freaking stooge. Uh, so I can't wait until you know we have this week of middling stories about how awesome he was, and then never having to talk about Roy Williams' overrated ass again. <laughs> that guy sucks. Don't compare him to Coach K. Ever again. Yeah, you get it. You were a nice guy. You also were an underachieving bastard. So, there we go, Roy Williams. Suck it! I never really got the hype with Roy Williams. I'm not going to say too much. Like, yes, won three national titles. And don't sleep on that. But, like, yes, you cannot compare him to other coaches. Terrible. Um, I think with the recruit, like, with the the brand, the school, the Jordan brand. Which was not him. no, and, and having the the recruiting grounds and the recruiting area that North Carolina has, coast to coast, like you should have done more than that. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know. How many times yeah. did we hear, "Oh, North Carolina is so talented," or "They're so veteran heavy," uh, yeah. "They're they're going to be so good," and then they just underachieve all the time. You know, he's a good guy. 
People seem to love him uh, and a good ambassador for the brand. But, dude, you just weren't good enough. Yeah. It's a bunch of North Carolina fans trying to put his name up there in the rafters with freaking (laughs) Coach K and don't even say it. Uh, Calipari. <laughs> no, no, Roy Williams is above Cal. Calipari wishes he was Roy Williams. Uh, you know, you just don't do it. He's not up there with Wooden. He's not up there with who's who was the guy who was at North Carolina before Roy, Roy Williams? Dean Smith. Thank you, Dean Smith. Not even no thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, I, I will say this is coming from a Duke fan, but this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Take this with a with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, okay, in other news, Luca Garza has won the AP Player of the Year award. He got fifty of the sixty three votes. There you go. Hard to argue with it. Yeah. Hard to argue with it. Bringing the big man back, and Juwan Howard has won the AP Coach of the Year. Michigan coach. Congratulations to him. He's got a lot of people in this area have a soft spot for Juwan Howard. Played for the Blazers for a couple of years. And just a good dude. I like him. Good dude. He, he, yeah. Good coach. Loves loves basketball. Loves, you know, I think he genuinely loves coaching kids. I, I yeah, I, I'm all, both thumbs up for Juwan Howard. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing we got is the Masters. Is, we'll start next Thursday. So we wanted to say that before it gets there. Because, you know, we're going to come to you like pretty much day two of. So that'll be fun. Um, and then get to preview. That's hitting us perfectly. We get to react to the first two days and then preview the second two days. Uh, so that'll be sick. But that is starting on Thursday. Uh, and we'll probably pick once people get cut. We'll wait till the cut happens. So next week, what we'll do is we'll pick people going into the yep. weekend. All right, beautiful. Uh, and then uh, let's do some recess real quick. It's not even a sports one. Let's do a recess. I love it. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. This is your time. Oh boy, is this great! Welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. As I say, recess this week, not a sports one. Uh, it, it is basically bracketology that which we played before but this was originally going to be a random thought and then i i was like you know what let's just have some fun at recess so we're going to do uh bracketology for movies that were filmed in oregon that's obviously not uh not 100 movies are filmed all over the place but that were filmed in oregon so we've got them seated up we've got 12 teams uh Four teams are going to get a bye. The ones and two seeds are going to get byes. So uh, they're automatically advancing. Um, the team, the, who, who we got? Um, should I just run that, run that down? Yeah. Okay. So who we have is the one seeds. Animal House and the Goonies. Those are your one seeds. Your, Fantastic. Your two seeds, The Shining and Stand mm. By Me. Mm. The three seeds, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, fails, uh, and, <laughs> and Free Willy. Four seeds are Kindergarten Cop and Homeward Bound. 
<laughs> five seeds, Halloween Town and The Ring. And then six seeds, Without a Paddle and Batman Forever. Some great movies on here. A lot more movies filmed in Oregon than I thought. Um, and some, some very good ones. So, like as I say, ones and twos, they get automatic buy, so they move on. Let's start at the bottom. We've got threes against fives. Uh, so it's a little different bracket. I had to just try to make some good matchups here. Yeah. Um, so we have threes against fives. That means it'll be one flew over the cuckoo's nest against Halloween Town to kick us off. A very festive one, uh, a very seasonal one, and one that still has a celebration every Halloween in, in St. Helens. And then there's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So... I'll, I'm going to kick it off, and I don't... First, let me read this cool anecdote about what yes. flew over the cuckoo's nest. Because we've got it. Halloween Town, filmed in St. Helens, party for it every week, they go all out. Here's one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Wanted to look this up a little bit. Uh, cuckoo's nest, it's, you know, in quotes. Uh, cuckoo's nest was shot almost entirely on location at the Oregon State Hospital, a mental mm. health facility in Salem. With the active participation of hospital patients and staff. Whoa. The then director of the hospital, Dean Brooks, made it a condition of filming that patients be included in the process. So those are real patients in that movie. Oh, pretty gosh. cool. Pretty cool there. I've seen One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest twice. I've seen Halloween Town countless times, only because I believe was that a Disney Channel original yeah. movie? I don't, I don't know. Yes, it was. I, I think so, something like that. Um, I have a soft spot for Halloween Town, but One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest is a fantastic movie, and just because of the of the um, little blurb you just read. It's hard, it's hard not to go with one flew over cuckoo's nest. That's where I'm going to go with my vote. I'm going to pass it over to you for, for further examination. I am down with that vote. Um, I like that vote a lot. Uh, plus, it gives us the added bonus of some uh, Jack on Jack action. Mm, Jack nice. on Jack action. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, okay. So one flew over the cuckoo's nest moves on as a three. The next three against five is the ring and free willy. Ah, that's a matchup. I think I'm not a big scary movie guy, but the ring is, I feel like everybody knows the ring. Everybody's, you know, got the, uh, yeah, thing down. So, but free willy. So you've got the, uh, from the ring. You've got the, and then, but everybody knows the stance. So you put your, your feet wide, your hand down, and one arm up in the air. If you do that on a couple rocks, everyone knows what you're doing. Yeah. I was surprised you went ring five and free willy three. I thought it, in my mind, it should have almost been flipped and ring be the favorite. I'm going to vote for the ring being the more solid just because that, like, at that time, that was such a freaky movie. I remember watching it. It was terrifying. Um, I have a couple stories 
my my roommate right now, my girlfriend, my, my roommate, um, she was so scared of that movie when she was uh, in grade school. I think she uh, she was at a date with on a date with her boyfriend at the time uh, and called her mom. And had her mom pick her up from the movie theater and left her boyfriend there. <laughs> Another story of the ring is uh, her. So my roommate's dad um, had just seen the ring for the first time at the beach with a bunch of buddies. Um, and this is how the story goes. He was going back into to fill up a, a drink platter Um had a bunch of drinks, like they were all, like some friends were drinking out on the deck, and um, kid you not, at the beach, the TV turned on, like by itself, he was the only one in the room, TV turned on by itself to the static, and, 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 I call him Mr. C, uh, my roommate's dad, um, threw the room, threw the drink platter, and just ran out the door. There is no explanation for it so far. We cannot figure out what happened, but apparently that's the story. So I'm going to send the ring. I vote the ring, even though I love Free Willy. My vote is for the ring. Uh, I'm just going to rock with you on that. That was that was. Those were some good stories, and that puts a lot of fear in people. So yeah. I like it. Uh, let's get to the four six matchup: Kindergarten Cop against Without a Paddle. Mm. Um, you know, without a paddle, I feel like people forget without a paddle. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's got Matthew Lillard of Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. fame and Scream <laughs> fame. Dax Shepard. Seth yes. Green. Without it's a paddle. Power. 2004. Uh, so, can I, I'm going to let you go on this. Say as much as you want on this because I'm going to write off of you, but I definitely have an opinion. I feel like 2004, without a paddle, this that era of movies, this was like, this one really hit our age group, which is that, like, that raunchy, um, at times gross movie that was funny and stupid uh, that we really liked. That, like, that's what our age group kind of got. And these three were really, really good at it. Um, I, always lo- I always liked without a paddle and it was funny in kindergarten cop kind of I, I missed on that one that one wasn't for me i i just like i didn't watch it it wasn't it, it wasn't in the rotation so for me it's without a paddle just because it of of when it hit like one was a time frame miss and one was a time frame hit i i'm and that's why we're boys and that's why we do a pod together where i think kindergarten cop um, if you asked a million people, I think it would have gotten the go ahead, but because it's yours and my show, I'm going to give the, <laughs> the go ahead to without a paddle too, because again, I don't know how 2004, we were at just the age where we got, we started to get raunchy comedy, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't too dumbed down, but it too, it wasn't too over our heads for us to understand. Without a paddle, definitely was funny. Um, I remember 
this was the movie right where they were all in the cave and they were all huddled together. Yes. They were all spooning each other. For so fun, dude! So funny. I love that movie. Yeah. Send without a paddle on to the the next round. Yeah. Now, I mean, people are gonna kill us for just for the line. It's not a tumor, but <laughs> you know, this this how it hit us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other four six matchup: Homeward Bound versus. <clears throat> Batman Forever. This is, so Batman Forever, uh, just so people know, this is the one with Val Kilmer. Uh, it had Robin in there. That's what we're looking at. It had a uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, 95, I believe. One of the one of those, I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people discount this movie, forget this movie. Um, but again, for our time frame, we didn't we we weren't thinking when we were watching this about the plot. We weren't thinking about the special effects. We were thinking just like about the entertainment value. And for our time frame, this had entertainment value. Homeward Bound, on the other hand, it you know it's got the story. It's got the heart. I I have a soft spot for Homeward Bound. I don't know where you're. I think you you uh, bracketed these and placed these correctly. Batman Forever was iconic. Uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, like you couldn't have cast him better. However, I know Homeward Bound had three animals as their main characters, but but they dude, hit, dude. They that, were they like, were hits. That was like one of my tr- like. I don't know the other two, but I'm going to say this was one of the top three most memorable movies of my childhood. And just for that sake, I have to put my vote for Homeward Bound. I'm with you on Homeward Bound. This kind of kicked off some, you know, my family's big golden retriever family. And this kind of kicked that off. This movie kind of kicked that off. Okay, so now uh, let's go back to the lower left part of the bracket. The Jack on Jack. Let's get... (laughs) The Shining versus One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I. When's the last time you saw a Shining? A long time. I've only seen it once, and it was, I it was probably two months ago. That is a that is a creepy movie. That's <laughs> it's one that I've been wanting to rewatch. It because, is very good because I, I mean it's been so long that I probably like I don't really know what happens like you know how you like it's been that long where it's like yeah. i don't remember the details it's it's weird um and i think it's one of those movies where you see more and more each time you watch it but jack nicholas plays such a good just a phenomenal crazy guy yeah um i'm gonna send the shining through that's my vote one flew over the cuckoo's nest fantastic movie as well but that's just my vote. Yeah, if we're going crazies, I'm going to like the shining type of crazy over yeah. the ones where the cuckoo's nest kind of crazy. So I'm with you there. I'll take that as well. Uh, let's get to Stand By Me versus The Ring. Um, so you this, this is a tough one because you've got like the horror versus the coming of age kid. Uh, find a dead body. Um, you go for it. I kind of want to go with the ring. I feel like Stand By Me has more of that Oregon to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the the ring is just I, I don't know if I feel like Stand By Me is a little too old at least for me I've seen it once again maybe that's my fault that I've only seen it once but the ring again when you when you hear people just talk about okay what are the best scary movies and I'm not even a scary movie guy but the rings always in that like horror film uh uh kind of genre and it's yeah. just so sick so um i think this is this is hey this is marsh madness baby send the ring through <laughs> it's an upset it's an upset and i know stand by me has like especially like for my parents they love it because that's the way they grew up it is like mm-hmm. it's the exact style and i grew up closer to that kind of thing where you were off uh you know, off in the, not the wilderness, but off in the city or the town, like, the, go do whatever. Um, and that's, like, closer to how I grew up, so it does kind of hit me in that way. But it, it just misses enough. I don't have that connection to it. Uh, let's go Animal House versus Without a Paddle. Two comedies here. Um, I mean, I, I'll just say it. That go for it. For me, this is a route. <laughs> like... For me, this is just Animal House kicking the shit out without a battle. There's so many iconic things. So many good good stuff. So I'm just going to go Animal House right off the bat. Are you good with that? I'm not even going to say anything. Put it, put it through. Okay, so then Goonies versus Homeward Bound. I, dude, this is also another landslide. Yeah. Like, the Goonies is probably one of my favorite movies. Like It, it is yeah. so great. I want it to be one of the Goonies. It was a mixture of suspense, you know, like you saw yourself in one, in at least one of the characters. Yeah. You know, it was a tale of all best buddies getting together to save the town. Yeah. No, this is. I love Homeward Bound, but you gotta go Goonies. Yeah, I feel like the Go- like Homeward Bound and the Goonies, they both have that adventure to them, but the Goonies has that. Like you, you said it perfectly. Everyone can find themselves in one of those characters. It was, it was honestly, it was pretty diverse. Um, like, you know, it wasn't perfect or anything. Obviously it was the eighties, but it's, it's a pretty diverse thing where it's got like all the, that at least the, what do you call them? Uh, not characters, but like, um, and not stereotypes. That's, that has a negative connotation. I know what you're saying though. Like, but like the, the classic characters in there. Yeah. Um, yep. And you can find yourself in one of them, whoever whoever it is. So yeah, the Goonies. Um, all right, now we've let's go back to Animal House versus The Shining. Mm. So now we're basically like comedy on more thriller. So again, let me re let me reconfirm. Is this our preferences on movies? I did not think about it at all. Like I I don't really have a pr- like a. A general thing. We can come up with it right now if you wanted to. I was just coming movies that we like that I you know. That yeah, we I like mean, this not. is this is so hard. We have the final four as Animal Animal House versus The Shining, two completely different movies, and The Goonies versus The Ring, two completely different movies. And all of like, the classics. So we're gonna start with Animal House versus The Shining. My preference is for Animal House. Not a knock on The Shining, but Animal House, again, 
I believe it started a whole, not genre, but yeah, it's it was kind of like, like the way to do it is like without a paddle doesn't happen if Animal House doesn't happen. Yes, sure. It was that start to that like slow build into the raunchier comedy and like yeah, and a little bit of like look, this is how the people are. Like yeah. you might not like these college kids being like this, but this is how they are. In this Sour is the Valley. story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. Yeah, that kind of that kind of realism of like, you want to think they're all studying, but they're not. But it's not happening. And I yeah. also don't think that college life probably wouldn't be the same without Animal House. No, dude. Animal House almost sets an expectation for college kids of like, go live it up. Go do, because like, you can't always do that. And like, you better do it now. And it's kind of cool. If you're not doing it up here, you're missing out. Because if you do it up here, outside of college, you'll probably get a ticket or arrested. You know? (laughs) Absolutely. And The Shining, like, I do want to say, in in like where we are at now, The Shining probably quote unquote holds up or like probably offends less people now, um, which kind of makes me want to take Animal House more. Yeah. No, I like it. Animal House got to be the winner. And then yep. the other side, we've got the ring versus the Goonies. For me, it's the Goonies pretty easy. Like we've we've both said multiple times, we're not scary movie guys. The ring is has its classic, like is iconic, is this era. But the Goonies, like you said, it's just like these, it's one of our favorite movies. Like yeah. you wanted to be the Goonies. Yep. So it's got to be Goonies. I have it in a landslide on that one. I think we do the winner on the three, two, one. I don't know about you. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You, you count, count down. Okay, I'll count it out. Three, two, one. Goonies. And they got chocolate eruption. And they got apple. Oh, and they got grape. They got grape and super duper chocolate eruption. And what? I, yeah. I think you could kind of tell where we were going when we got to the Goonies when it fought Homeward Bound. Like, too good, dude. It's too just, good. it's too good. The adventure is perfect. The scenery is, is amazing. It kind of hits like, even, even if you didn't grow up in that time frame, you did something similar like that they do, you know what I'm saying? You, of course, did something, yeah. You went on some sort of adventure with your friends, whatever it was. I know, like, late night, you, me, and the boys would, like, in high school, just, like, get out, you know, wherever we were, uh, just, like, would just explore the city, whether it be Hillsboro, whether it be Beaverton, whether it be Tigard, you know, we would just sneak out of the house and just, like, walk around and just explore, you know? Like, that's yeah. what we did. <laughs> yeah, and, and they take this and basically put it on steroids. It's like, they give it a reason for it happening, and yeah. make it way bigger, but it's like that's what you always wanted it to turn into. It's yeah, the Goonies. exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I, go, yeah, Goonies for me. It's just like hands down. I am so glad we went there. It's got to be <laughs> Goonies. I'm probably gonna watch it tonight. Let's do it. Like, it's gonna be a good night. Goonies forever. <laughs> Goonies are good enough. <laughs> 
I call my nephews, my nieces and nephews Goonies now. Nice. I love that. Like, if, they're, if they're being weird or they're being, uh, they do something, something stupid, I call them Goonies. You Goonies? You <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You got to keep on doing that, man. Don't lose that. One of them, either Bub or it was either Bub or Eli, would always respond with, "I'm no Goonie. I'm not I'm Goonie." No and I would say, "Yes, you are." <laughs> now that now they love it. Now they love yeah. the Goonies. Okay, so Goonies is a winner. Uh, I think we are all the winner for getting to do that. Oregon movies, Oregon represent. Uh, actually, a lot better represented than I thought in the industry. Uh, and Goonies, the Best representative of Oregon movies. The touchdown. Um, other than that, that's really the show that we've got for you. We had to, you know, we had to make it a little bit longer uh, because that's what we do when we're, we have a hiatus. We come back strong. Uh, dr- remember, drinking in the draft that comes out Tuesdays. This week is the big week. It is receivers. There are so many receivers that are good in this draft that the captain and I had to just split them down the middle. We couldn't even do all of the same ones. So we're each doing our own separate receiver groups. Uh, That's how many there are. So it'll be a great conversation. Uh, And if you want to know value names, come listen to this one. We're also going to do cornerbacks. Um, other than that, find us Twitter at bold underscore nonsense, Instagram at bold dot nonsense, or email us at bold nonsense podcast at gmail.com. Expect a show on Saturdays, uh, and find it on iTunes and Spotify. Other than that, let's say bye to the people. Great to be back. Watch Disney. Thank you for holding it down for the past two weeks for us. Uh, I'm not so smooth. Much love. Uh, love you all. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, then love us. Uh, other than that, this is the BNPN. This is the Bold Nonsense flagship show, the Bold Nonsense podcast. This is your invitation to, hey, you guys. <laughs> and this is your invitation to stay senseless. <laughs> Dude, that was a... <laughs> It's over. Go home. Go.